Hey, I'm Grant with Grant's Game Rex, coming to you from my lovely hotel in New Jersey. I've been on the road for a few weeks. I had some shows on the East Coast, then I went to Tantrum Con in Charlotte, then I had some shows in New York City. Now I'm at the Level Up Retreat in New Jersey. One of the best parts about going to all these conventions, though, is you get to play a lot of games for the first time. Uh, and sometimes those are games that aren't even released yet. So I played 22 games for the first time in the month of January and these are my top five surprise a couple of them aren't even out yet so you get a hotness look um you know there won't be quite as much silliness this month like with costumes or whatever because I am on the I've been on the road for a while so I don't I don't travel with all my costume stuff I do travel with way too many board games uh, but not all my costume stuff so board gamers I'm coming to these conventions that have a library of a thousand games in it, and yet I still bring an entire bag of games because board gamers pack with so much hope Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My number five game of January was Xylitar from Bezier Games. This one should be coming out around June, so if you like small box trick-taking games, this is one to check out for sure. It seems wild that we're still putting out trick-taking games that are good. There have been so many trick-taking games over the last few years, and yet people keep figuring out ways to do it in unique and cool ways. And so I'm very impressed by the sort of breadth of options in the trick-taking genre, and they all do something different and something cool. And so what, what makes Xylitar interesting is that your cards, um, you'll get shuffled cards, you'll get a, a hand of cards, you're going to arrange the cards from low to high, and then you pass the cards to the person on your left. So the so you actually don't know what cards you have in your hand. You do know what cards the next player next to you has. Uh, and then you arrange the cards, and you know that it's in order from low to high. So you have some information. And then on the backs of the cards, they'll give you indications on what they could be. Oh, this card is a 0 to 3. This card is a 0 to 10. This card is a 0 to 6. And so you are using deduction to play cards to try to win tricks. And as you play cards from your hand on the table that you don't see, you'll get more information. Oh, I played this card. That was a 5. That means everything to the right of this in my tableau is a five or less. So I just got a lot of information. So I know I'm probably not gonna win tricks with those cards. So how do I save and win tricks with these other cards? And then at some point during the round, you can flip over one of your cards and do a prediction. I think I'm going to win this many tricks. And if you hit that, 
you can still get five points. So even if you have a garbage hand, well then you just predict you're gonna win zero tricks, you'll get five points and you play over three rounds. So it's just an interesting mix of trick-taking card play and a little bit of deduction. It's also a very accessible trick-taking game. If you want a, a trick-taking game to introduce people to the world of trick-taking games, I think this is a pretty good one to do it. It's not too hard to wrap your head around. So make sure to check out Xylotar when it comes out later this year, probably around Origins. My number four game of the month was NAR, which is coming to America through Pandasaurus Games later in February. Um, if you like engine building games, this is one to check out. Uh, engine building is one of my favorite mechanisms in games. I just find it so satisfying where like, you know, the beginning of the game you're doing this and then by the end of the game you're doing all of this. It's just, I don't know, it just is, it's really gratifying for sure. Endar is a fairly small box game, plays quickly. If you've watched me before, you know I love games that have strategic depth but have really snappy turns and play quickly. I don't have the attention span to wait five minutes for you to do something on your turn. I want the game to move quickly. And NAR moves quickly, but it does have some really interesting strategic choices in it because it is an engine building game where you have to essentially choose to ruin your engine at times during the game to explore lands. It is a Viking theme and you are either recruiting like Viking members, clan members into your sort of Viking clan or you're going to explore lands and those lands will get you points and special abilities and stuff like that. And um, so as you're putting down cards into your Viking clan, you're essentially, you know, uh, organizing them by color and you get to activate every single Viking clan previously in that color. Oh, I'm playing this yellow card down. I've got three yellow cards already. So I'm getting this one, this one, this one, and this one. I get all of this stuff. But then to explore the lands, you have to discard cards out of your engine to basically qualify to go to those lands. So it's like a really interesting timing choice where you're like, ah, I've built up all of this cool stuff and I don't want to lose it, but I do want that card. And if I don't do that soon, somebody else might take that card. And so I got to ruin my engine for a while to go out there and get that card. Ah, it's just... You know, it's not a uh, it's not a hard choice to wrap your head around, but it's always an interesting choice, a difficult choice as to when to do it. Um, the artwork is really great in the game too. I, I really like uh, the the look of it. You know, I like a Viking theme. Yes, there are plenty of games with a Viking theme, but I think this one does it well. And it's not you know it's not as much about like pillaging and stealing as it, as it is about like exploring. So that's a cool thing too. That's NAR, which, if you don't know, are the trading ships from old Viking clans. So, you know, there you go. It's not about pillaging. It's about trading. My number three game of January was Alhambra the Red Palace, which is essentially a re-implementation of the 20-year-old game Alhambra. Um, Alhambra is a game that is loved and played by many people, um, and what this one does in particular is really add a lot more variability and replayability 
to the game. It's a lot of the same mechanisms, but there's more choices for setup. So if you've never played Alhambra before, you are paying for these tiles, then adding tiles to your own personal area and scoring points for different building types, uh, majorities, and things like that. And the way you're sort of uh, bidding and, and buying the tiles is interesting because there are four different currency values and you need those currency values to buy that particular tile. You need that particular currency value. And if you pay for it exactly, then you're going to get a bonus action on your turn. So you're always trying to be like, well, I want that tile more, but I don't have the right money for it. And so if I get this one, I need it less, but I get a bonus action, which is really nice. And so there's always, you know, it's a, it's really easy to wrap your head around. It's still a sort of lighter, medium weight game, uh, but it, it has those interesting choices. Well, in this one, uh, in the original Alhambra, certain buildings always scored certain points over rounds of the game. You always knew that this color building was going to be the most valuable. Well, in this version, that scoring is variable. There's little tiles, and so every time you play the game, you're going to draw a different subset of tiles, and so you never know what building is going to be the most valuable. So it's going to change your strategy from game to game, which I think is nice, makes it more replayable for sure. They also added this thing called guards to the game, and tiles will have places on them where you can put guards, and as you build out your sort of Alhambra, your area of tiles, if you can get guards along the edge of your tiles, they're going to score you a lot of points throughout the game. But you can also use guards throughout the game, and the more guards that are used during the game, the more valuable they become for the end game. So you want to drive up their sort of uh, cost, their, their price, but then keep some to score some points at the end of the game. So it adds a whole new layer of strategy to the game Alhambra. So if you, uh, if you like medium weight games, if you like Euro-y games that have maybe a little bit more player interaction than most Euro games, then check out Alhambra The Red Palace. My number two game of January was Books of Time from Board and Dice. This one came out last year and I just hadn't had a chance to play it and I went over to a friend's house and they taught me the game and immediately was like, I was like, I need a copy of this. I really like this game. As I've said before uh, here on Rado's channel and on my own channel, uh, I am very much a medium weight gamer. I like games that play in two hours or less, have interesting strategy, but you know, aren't all-day events, and Books of Time really fits into that medium-weight category, especially for Board and Dice. You know, Board and Dice is known for a lot of their heavyweight games. This is certainly one of their lighter-weight games. And it has a gimmick in it. That gimmick is there are these, you know, three-ring binders. They're actually like two rings, but you know what I'm saying when I say three-ring binders. So you are putting these cards into your binders, and then building a literal book. It looks like a book, and as you turn the pages of the book, you're gonna get resources, you're gonna get special abilities, you're gonna get benefits, though all of those things will help you buy more cards, help you get more points. Uh, and so yes, this book is a gimmick, but it's a gimmick that works super well. I feel like sometimes in the board game hobby, we use the word gimmick in a derogatory way, like, oh, that's just a gimmick. But I'm like, yeah, but if a gimmick 
is cool and it works, then it definitely gets my attention. It attracts me to the game. I mean, that's the thing you're going to think about is the books in this game. But it works both thematically, it works production value-wise, they, they feel cool, they look cool, and it works for the gameplay. It makes it a unique feeling gameplay when you're flipping the pages of the book and then getting stuff. And you have three different books, so you're having to choose, oh, how do I want to combo this stuff together? What pages do I want to flip? Gimmicks, when they work, are great things. They're not bad things. This game, there's a solid game behind this, behind just the flipping of the pages. The game isn't just about the flipping of the pages, but the flipping of the pages make it memorable. It makes it unique. It makes it cool and, and look cool and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I just, I really like the gimmick of this game. And then there's a fun sort of resource management engine building game behind it. So check out Books of Time. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And my number one game of January is a shock to even me because this is a game I didn't care about. This is a game I didn't think about at all. But it is Age of Wonders Planetfall from Arcane Wonders. One of the best things about going to conventions is people, you play games that you otherwise might not have played because people are like, no, I'm telling you, this game is good. I'll teach it to you right now. And you're like, whatever, I guess. And then you sit down and you're like, whoa, this is really fun. I had no idea. And so that's what, you know, Age of Wonders Planetfall, like the cover says nothing to me. I don't care. I didn't really, you know, it's based on a video game. I've never even heard of the video game. So I had no connection to it that way. It just was one that I felt like I was going to ignore, you know, when it came out a few months ago. And I'm so glad that I didn't ignore it, that I'm not ignoring it now, that somebody taught it to me at a convention because it's got all the mechanisms I really like. There's card drafting, there's engine building, there's comboing between your cards. All of those things are things I love in games. And this is another one of those games with like strategic depth and yet it plays in like 30, 40 minutes. You can just play this game. This is a great sort of lighter medium weight game to bring people into the hobby. Ha, look at all of the anybody will be able to wrap their head around this game and yet the 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 strategy and the and the mechanisms are so good in the game. You know, I, I do like a space theme game. That's certainly not why I like this game though. It's really about the mechanisms. You, there is a, a, a few rows of cards and you are using your spaceship to draft cards. If you go 
earlier in the sort of rows, then you are ensuring that you will draft earlier the next round. The earlier you go, the earlier you draft. But oftentimes, the earlier you go, the more expensive that card is. So there's an interesting choice there of like, ah, do I really want that? Is it worth paying for? Or maybe I go get this other card and then, you know, whatever happens next round will happen. I'm not thinking that far ahead. I'm not thinking about my draft order next round. So then you're drafting those cards. Again, I love, uh, I love card drafting. And then you're putting them in your own tableau. And there's different types of cards that will get you resources, that will get you benefits, that will combo well with other cards. So you're, and each player, each sort of board has their own asymmetric ability. And so, you know, how do I wanna use my asymmetric ability to combo with my cards well and stuff like that? It's just a really interesting card drafting, engine building combo game. I, you know, I'm sure part of the reason I like it too is because it caught me by so much surprise. Like when a game catches you by surprise, it's so satisfying because you're like, I thought you were going to suck and now you're really great and good, good job, game. You did well, game. Look at you pulling through here at the 11th hour. Nobody thought you had it in you and you're great, game. You are great. And so that's the what I feel about. Uh, that's what I feel about Planet Ball. It's worth giving a look to if you like all those mechanisms. You know, it's definitely a mechanism forward game. Uh, but if you like those mechanisms, definitely check it out. So yeah, those are uh, those are my top five games of the month. Uh, you know, I wanted I wanted to still bring this video to you uh, while I was traveling because uh, I liked all these games and a bunch of them caught me by surprise. And I, I like. Uh, I like sort of a preview of my top five games of the month here. Thanks so much for having me on Rado's channel. I hope you're getting to play a lot of great games out there. I didn't have a YouTube channel for a while, but it's back. I got my channel back. Thank you so much to all of the community for help me, helping me get my channel back. Feel free to go check it out. Uh, Grant's, uh, Grant Lyon, uh, Grant's Game Rex. Uh, and then make sure you subscribe to Rado's channel as well because he's always putting out great comp great content and there's a lot of contributors on the channel that are doing great stuff as well so thank you guys again i'm grant with grants game Rex.